Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. It's official. I'm recording my audio. <laughs> it's your official. <laughs> it's official. I'm not even doing it. Pretend. That is, I was going to say that's a wrap, folks, but we haven't even done the episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's a wrap. Gotcha. <laughs> it's been Psych. a long year. <laughs> it has been a long year. Oh, actually, before we start, yeah. because Kate, this will be the last recording we do in the year 2022. Yes. So this episode will be released in 2023. Yeah. Don't worry, folks. Doc is going to rock up in the back to the time future, back to the time future car. God, that's a winner, Dom. What's your favorite memory of 2022, Kate? Oh, that is a great question. Mm. Uh, oh, my goodness. I mean, nothing immediately springs to mind, which is a worry. My favorite memory of 2022, it's probably that I have some um, enlightenment about Uh my life and where I want to be and where I want to go and things like that. So I'm making some changes in the next 12, 24 months, which I think are just going to be really positive for me. So that's, that's pretty huge. Yeah, it's big. So I'm excited to be progressing in my life. She doesn't like to be stagnant. She gets, you know, itchy feet, this girl. <laughs> so she's going to get out in the world and scratch that itch. Yeah, Kate's had a really bad tinea infection for quite a few years. <laughs> Folks. <laughs> but I put magic cream on it, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's made her foot play fetish, you know, just not work out for a bit it hasn't and that's what's been a struggle you know because i need my foot play dominic how about yourself what has been a highlight of 2022 for you i think that i could probably pick it but you might surprise me oh i've had i feel like i've had some good stuff this year yeah um like baby grayson being born that's pretty big getting engaged to kane that's pretty big but i think i'm gonna I'm going to take a leaf out of your book, Kate, and I'd say the same. This year has been like a bit of a milestone year of I've had, you know, five to ten years of pretty steady, consistent sort of routine and direction. And now that I'm staring down the barrel of 40, Mm. um, that isn't a gun joke, by the way. Um, No, that is a double-barreled shotgun, that puppy. Yes, um, (laughs) I think I'm also going to be looking at making some some course corrections or some life changes next year, which I'm really excited about too. So amazing! We're going to do it together, Kate. How cool I think is we that? are. Let's do it. I love it. I realised too we're three minutes in, and I didn't give you one of these. Hi, Dom. Hi, Kate. <laughs> what a pleasure to see you. <laughs> oh, look, folks, we're so excited. This is the last episode 
you know, we've already explained it, but it's a bit of a like end of the year celebration for Kate and I. We're so pumped. Um, it is. I should so have got a drink. Maybe I'll have to go and get one. Sure. You yeah. can definitely leave at any point during this story. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't hear from me, I've gone to the fridge again. <laughs> and I'll just come back and be like, oh, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Well, before we start, some lovely housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> uh, make sure you put your card on the door. So if you don't want to be disturbed first thing in the morning. That's right. Or you want to organize, organize your continental breakfast. Mm, leave your shoes out. We'll shine them. Yes, but it is the usual. I'm sorry, folks. We say it every time, but just so you don't forget, because you are a forgettable bunch. Um, our social media, Shitting yes. Bricks Podcast. We're on YouTube, we're on TikTokies, we're on Instaboodles. Yeah, face-face. Face-face. Go find us, go interact with us. We're really funny. There's all this extra stuff that you totally miss out on. So go check out the socials. And second of all, Patreon. Kate and I introduced Patreon this year and we're doing extra episodes on that as well. And it only costs you like four bucks a month, which is nothing. Bargain. Yeah, that's two avocados at the moment. It is two avocados. Mm, they've gotten cheap. Yeah, I like it. I'm here for it. Just like me. <laughs> and probably if we do it in the order that we are recording it, which we most likely will, is next week we will have a special episode um, that we're recording with another podcast. So please stay tuned for that. I'm yep. sure it's across all of our socials already, but make sure you tune in for us and uh, listen to all the awesomeness that we are and the interview that we're giving. So That's yeah. right. That's very exciting. What a good housekeeping segmente. Yeah. Great now, way to start the year. Yeah. Dom, do you have a story for us today? I'm prepared this time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that feels like, so that's cool. <laughs> Well, I think we've gone on a bit of a journey of like, we've, we've all of a sudden, Kate and I have like discovered all these phobias and all these fears and things that we're like, oh my goodness, how have we never talked about these before? Yeah. I've got another one for us, Kate. Excellent. <laughs> this week, I'm going to introduce everyone and you've got to guess what this is a fear of. Okay. Demonophobia. Oh, I think that's got something to do with the uh, 2022 premiership run by the Melbourne Demons. Um, Mm. It's something that pops up for people that support that AFL club. And it's something that has been, you know, sort of happening since the 1960s. Um, I do know that uh, my dear sister Chelsea, my brother-in-law Craig, uh, your family as well, Dominic, have all suffered from demonophobia at one point in the last century. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Or if you're not part of our weird family, um, here's the more generic uh, definition of demonophobia. Oh, I thought I nailed that one. You did that. I'm so glad you picked up on that little. (laughs) I thought you might've been throwing me that. You just got the little white ball out and popped it on the tee and handed me a driver. Didn't you? (laughs) Call me woods. (laughs) All right. Do I have to call you Woods? No, you don't. Okay, thank God. (laughs) Don't call me Tiger either. No, I won't. (laughs) As long as you didn't say Lion Woods. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, demonophobia, folks. It is an abnormal and persistent fear of evil supernatural beings in persons who believe such beings exist and roam freely to cause harm. Okay. So this is an everyday thing. Yeah. Right. So those who suffer from this phobia realize their fear is excessive or irrational. I don't necessarily think so. I'm sure there's people think it's completely rational. Yeah. But let's not get into that side of things. <clears throat> or Dom will go off on a tangent. <laughs> we'll be here all day. Nevertheless, they become unduly anxious when discussing demons, mm -hmm. when venturing alone in the woods or in a dark house, or even when watching films about demonic possession and exorcism. Okay. That which, seems reasonable, but I see what you're saying in terms of it being a persistent fear. Yeah. And we've covered that. Uh, go back and listen to our episode on the possession of Anna Eklund, folks. Oh, that yeah. was a two-parter. That was a good one. That was a good one. Now, demonophobia, a bit of entomology for you, Kate, because I know yes, you please. love it. Oh, lap it up. Give me that etymology. It is derived from the Greek daemon, which means deity, evil spirit. Mm -hmm. And your favorite word, phobos. Phobos. Which I might just get phobos on a t-shirt, I think. That would actually, that would be really cool. Yeah. We'll add it to our thing. Okay. Now, this same Greek word also gives us the English word demonize, which is a verb widely used today to brand a person such as a political opponent opponent uh -huh. yes as unfit or untrustworthy okay which is pretty much scott morrison in every definition of the word yeah so what i thought folks this end of the year celebration for us at least in our timeline uh i thought i would go back and do one of the mother of all stories you all should probably know it and if you don't that's why we're doing this episode i probably won't Kate might not because it's not really her cup of tea. But this is the rather shortened but true 101 story of the Amityville Horror. Ooh, I do know this because it's on the Netflix or the binge or something, but I haven't watched it because it's too spoopy for me. Yeah, well, there's quite a few versions. So I thought let's get down to the truth Business. about it all okay mm -hmm. so you know when you do eventually watch it at some point in your life you know what the true facts are exactly can i just tell you and it's a little sidebar i read a book uh a little while ago and it was very very good uh and it was one so i am not a big reader um but i i'm just going to quickly find the novel yes i found it okay so it is called hidden pictures and it's by an, an author named jason reculak and i borrowed it from school and i started reading it at night time and it is a bit scary at the start and it does have to do with demons mm -hmm. um and i was reading it at night time i live on my own and it was hitting about midnight and I had to leave my lamp on and I had to, when I got up to do little wheeze, I was like, it's under the bed. Like I had this yeah. overwhelming sense. I was like, you're an idiot. You are an 
grown human being, there is no fictional demon from a book under your bed. And I just couldn't shake it. I had to go on TikTok for like an hour just to watch funny so that I could go to sleep. But it was full on. Uh, but I highly, re- highly recommend that book. I read it in, I think, about eight hours. I smashed it. It was fab. Uh, I'm literally addicted to that feeling of getting up in the middle of the night and you swear someone's following you up the stairs or oh, chasing you down the hallway. Yeah. And it literally takes over your body and you just have to, you have to run to you bed do. because you have all to of a run. sudden bed's safe. But I had to like, I did that annoying thing where I like turned a page and there's a bit of like a shock value. There's a, there's an illustration in the book and you're oh reading gosh. and reading and then you turn the page. And what's worse is that these illustrations are done by a child. So they're that really just like, rudimentary stick figure type thing but just black and white like pencil drawing and I turned the page and I literally said out loud oh no (laughs) oh I've scared myself because I got that rush I was like oh bother now I'm traumatized oh god I've gone too far you sound like Uliana Kopka his mother uh, I was I was on so the plane oh I was traumatized I yeah oh well I've done it now plane's gonna crash Okay, folks, here we go. Woohoo! Let's get to the true story that inspired all the movies, all the books and everything. Let's go uh, on. The real Amityville horror. So, in the early morning hours of November 13th, 1974, gotta love the 70s, Ronald DeFeo Jr. killed his entire family in cold blood. Whoops. And he... Cl- and he claimed that demonic voices told him to do it. Oh, were those demonic voices like, oh, God, I've got a headache. I just can't be bothered. <laughs> Everybody shut up. These hooves are so unruly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for decades, the Amityville horror has captivated audiences around the globe. It is a scary movie about a haunted house that forced a family to flee after just a month. And this film has inspired many people to seek out the real Long Island home behind the eerie tale. But often lost in the shuffle is the brutal crime that supposedly made the house haunted. Okay. This is the story of the Amityville murders. I am glad that we're doing this a little bit earlier in the day for me, because otherwise I'd have to be on TikTok again for another five hours. So Yeah, the sun is still up. Now, the real-life horror story began on November 13, 1974, when a 23-year-old man named Ronald DeFeo Jr. fatally shot his parents and his four younger siblings while they were asleep in their home in Amityville, New York. Goodness me. Hours after murdering them, DeFeo went to a nearby bar crying for help. DeFeo initially claimed to the police that the murders had likely been a mob hit and his act was apparently so convincing that he was taken to a local station for protection. Ooh. But it didn't take long for cracks to form in his story and by the next day he had already confessed to killing his family himself. Okay. However, the Amityville murders case was far from over. Now, when DeFeo went on trial, his lawyer built a case that he was an insane man who became a killer because of the demonic voices in his head. 
and about a year and a half after the slaughter, a new family moved into the home where the murders took place. They fled the residence after just 28 days, claiming it was really haunted. Okay. Mm. They made it a month. <laughs> Not bad. They made it through someone's cycle. They made it through Feb. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I've had enough. Goodbye. Every day, have September, April, June, and November. I literally still don't know that. I have no idea. what. I don't know what months have what dates. Don't ask me. Don't give me any hints and handy tips. I have made it this far in my life, still not knowing. I also will never know how to spell restaurant, guarantee, or receipt. And I do teach the youth, so don't come at me. I've <laughs> just settled. Always, and I love that joke that which month has 28 days? All of them. Oh, oh. <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> back to the story. Though the crime has often been an afterthought throughout the years, thanks in part to the popularity of the film The Amityville Horror, it's even more horrifying than anything that Hollywood could ever dream up. So let's get into it, as I like to say. Yes, please. That is my catchphrase, obviously. Mine's now, now, which we established last time. Now, this is the next part of my story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on the outside, the DeFeos appeared to live happy lives on Long Island during the early 1970s. And according to the New York Times, one of their neighbors described them as a nice, normal family. Always. Put that Red as the flag. headline. Yeah. Were they normal? Were they nice? Yes, yes. Murderers. Done. Yep. I need to now go the... out of my way to stop being normal and nice. I need to start being creepy and I need to get some like Dharma fragrances going on, some roasting meat, like <laughs> get them yes. people creeped so that they leave me alone. Be the, the neighbours from the Burbs, another yes. classic Tom yep. Hanks movie. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh my God, Kate. Okay. Everyone, no, don't stop listening, but... Put this on your watch list of 2023. Go back and watch one of the best 80s or maybe 90s film, The Burbs. Okay. B-U-R-B-S. It is Tom Hanks at his finest. I'm going on that. I'm putting it in my book. Yeah. Now, on the outside, the DeFeos appeared to live happy lives. I already said that. So, the family was comprised of Ronald DeFeo Sr., and Louise DeFeo and their five children, Ronald Jr., Dawn, Allison, Mark, and John Matthew. They lived in an affluent part of Long Island called Amityville, and their Dutch colonial home had a swimming pool and a nearby boat dock. Inside the house, there were life-size portraits of the family hung on the walls. All standard, right? Nice, normal, standard. One local girl told the Times that Ronald DeFeo Sr. had frequently given her rides to her family's restaurant in Brooklyn, and another neighbour named Catherine O'Reilly said the DeFeos had befriended her after her husband passed away. It seemed as if the family were kind, loving people. But, there's always a but. <laughs> Although. The DeFeos were a very different family behind closed doors. Mm, I could smell it. Which we knew. Some of that rotten meat. <laughs> Just wafting down the river, that one. <laughs> 
Now, Ronald DeFeo Sr. managed an auto dealership, a job that certainly couldn't support the family's lavish lifestyle. Instead, much of their money came from Luis's father, Michael Briganti, who purchased the family's home for them, allowing them to move out of their small Brooklyn apartment. Now, Brigante later gave his son-in-law about $50,000 to have the family portraits painted. What? Oh, yeah. my God. If you gave me $50,000 cash and said, can you get the portraits done? I'd be like, no worries. Of course, I would paint them myself with some, you know, not paint by numbers. And it cost me about 50 bucks and I would pocket the other cash. <laughs> 50000 look like that scary portrait that you read in your book it would look exactly the same a rudimentary stick figure that is all you can get but i will do that for 50 grand so for all the wealth and luxury that ronald or big ronnie we'll call him defeo senior showed off he had in truth earned very little for it himself now big ronnie was also reportedly an abusive and violent man Mm mm-hmm most often, he took his anger and frustration out on his eldest child, Ronald DeFeo Jr., mm-hmm. who usually went by the name Butch. Okay. And as Butch grew up, he struggled to find any common ground with his father. Okay? Makes sense. If you are beating the shit out of me, I don't know if we've got a heap in common. Now, Butch was also bullied at school for being overweight, with kids calling him names like Pork Chop and The Blob. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just thinking about one of our reels that we posted recently where he, you're my little pork roll. Yeah. <laughs> it made me think of that. I mean, we all know if we had to do, honestly, the worst, scariest shitting brick thing in all of history, we would all agree that kids are probably the most evil, you know, potential for terrible things. And 100%. Oh, it's just, yeah, no... No mercy sometimes. And by his teenage years, he had lost most of that weight through his use of amphetamines, which he had come to rely on, along with alcohol as a coping mechanism. Okay. So poor Butch is definitely having a rough of it. And if you go back and read all of the detail of the abuse and what Butch got up to, it is, it's just hours and hours worth of reading. It's so much in there, what he went through. Yeah. Now, he and his father continued to fight frequently. Butch once pulled a gun on Big Ronnie, and although Butch was technically employed at his family's dealership, he rarely showed up to work and left early when he did. Okay. All right. Butch, like, I'm glossing over a lot of stuff here, but Butch was... Butch has messed up. Butch has got some problems. Butch is in, yeah, not in a good way. Now, in general, he spent most of his time doing drugs or drinking, getting into fights and arguing with his parents. Still, no one expected that uh, Big Ronnie's, I mean, sorry, that Butch's troubles would lead him to commit the Amityville murders. Butch's ongoing conflict with his father came to a violent head when he fatally shot Big Ronnie with a .35 caliber Marlin rifle as he slept during the early hours of November 13th in 1974. But of course, he didn't just kill his father. He also turned the gun on his mother, Louise. 
Then 23-year-old Butch went into the bedrooms where his siblings were sleeping and murdered 18-year-old Dawn, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John Matthew with the oh. exact same weapon. After killing his family, Butch took a shower. He okay. got dressed. And he collected any incriminating evidence. Mm, okay. On his way to work, he threw the evidence, including the gun, into a storm drain and then he went on about his normal day. He feigned ignorance as to why his father hadn't shown up for work as planned and even called him, faking as if it was like, you know, a normal thing to do. Yeah. As, as the day went on, he decided to leave work and spend the afternoon with his friends making sure to mention to all of them that he couldn't get in touch with his family for the same reason. Right. Laying the groundwork here. Yep. Then he prepared for the discovery of his family's bodies. So in the early evening, Butch ran to a nearby bar screaming for help. According to the New York Daily News, he told the patrons there that someone had shot his family and begged them to come back with him to his house. There, he shocked bargoers. The, sorry, there the shocked bargoers were greeted by a truly horrific scene. Each member of the DeFeo family was found lying face down in bed, with fatal bullet wounds. Big Ronnie and Louise had both been shot twice, and their children had been shot one time each. Now, according to a uh, local TV thing, um, police arrived at the scene and found an in-shock Butch waiting for them. And uh, Butch initially claimed to the authorities that he believed his family had been targeted by the mob. At first, it seemed like the cops might buy his story and they even took him to a police station for his protection, but they soon noticed details that didn't line up. Something ain't adding up. Yeah. So for example, Butch maintained that he had been at work all morning and with friends all afternoon. Therefore, he couldn't have killed his family. But, but police quickly determined that the bodies had been shot sometime in the early morning, well before Butch would have gone to work. Yeah, this is the 70s, right? They've got yeah. some form of investigative process that they could determine this. Well, it is, as you said, it's the 70s, so sometimes you just never know. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes well, that's they it. Could just... <laughs> It's it a mixed could have bag. Been very mixed bag. Now, and after Butch mentioned a notorious mob hitman who could have killed his family, police soon found out that the hitman was out of state, so it couldn't have been whoever. Oh, well, you want to check that out. Mm. I better just see if the person I'm going to blame all these murders on is in town. Yep. Now, by the next day, Butch had confessed to the crime. He'd told the police, once I started, I just couldn't stop, and it went so fast. So, Butch's criminal trial in October 1975 captured attention for two reasons. First, the sheer brutality of his crime and the unusual details surrounding the defence. Now, his lawyer built, built a case claiming that he was an insane man who'd killed his family in self-defence because of the demonic voices in his head. Getting to our phobia. <clears throat> now, ultimately, Butch was found guilty of six counts of second-degree murder in November. He would later be sentenced to six consecutive sentences of 25 years to life in prison. But the story of the Amityville murders was not over, folks. <gasps> it's not over yet. For one it's thing, there was... 
Yeah, Sorry, go. I just want to ask, is concurrently at the same time and consecutively is one after the other? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. <clears throat> Thank so you, I just needed to know. One followed on after the other, yeah. So for one thing, there were still mysteries surrounding the case. Authorities had no idea how all six victims had died in their sleep without a struggle. Right? You think about it. It's a rifle. There's no silences. This is not fancy stuff. This is a good old-fashioned rifle. Yeah. You've shot your parents twice. Dad first, mum second. Four shots in total. Four shots. Okay. And four kids are still nothing. Nowhere. Asleep. Didn't get out of bed. Nothing. And it's not like they were like, you know, two or three-year-olds. Like one was an 18-year-old. You would mm-hmm. think. Okay. Another thing that puzzled them was that none of the neighbours had heard the gunshots, despite the fact that Butch did not use a gun silencer. Yeah. And this isn't like out in the properties like sticks, folks. This is like there's houses next door to each other. Yeah. Yeah. So Butch claimed to have drugged his family's dinner, but experts noted that a long time had passed between the meal and the family's deaths. So they didn't buy that that would have affected it Uh perhaps most chillingly is the killer's motive completely remained uncertain we can maybe understand big ronnie but what about everybody else yeah it's clear that butch had many issues with his father it baffled many that he would go after the rest of his family members especially his youngest siblings and considering the fact that Butch would change his story multiple times in prison, he shed very little light on the haunting mystery. All things changed. In December 1975, a new family moved into the DeFeo's old home. You might remember this name, and people often pick up this name because this is the the name of the family and the haunting and da-da-da-da-da. So, okay. I mean, I won't know because I don't know anything, but... Hit me. So George Lutz, L-U-T-Z, and his wife Kathy and their three children stayed at the residence for just 28 days before fleeing the property in terror. They claimed that the house was haunted by the spirits of the deceased DeFeos. From green slime reportedly oozing from the walls to windows, suddenly shattering to family members allegedly levitating in bed, Their claims sounded like something straight out of a horror film. Yeah, it does. And just a couple years later in 1977, author Jay Anson published a novel titled The Amityville Horror, and it was based on the Lutz family's claims of paranormal activity happening in the home. In 1979, a movie by the same name was released to the delight of horror fans, some of whom actively sought out the real Amityville Horror House, in search of paranormal activity. Mm. Incredibly, there have been over a dozen films based on the murders released since then, but the 1979 movie starring James Brolin and Margot Kidder as George and Kathy Lutz remains perhaps the best known. And I would have to agree, folks. I mean, there was a Ryan Reynolds one, and he took his shirt off a lot in that movie. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, watch it just for that. Okay. But should I watch the original one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the best. Some other little paranormal tidbits worth mentioning is that 
if you see the movie, um, there was in fact a real red room, which was a secret room uh, in the house that the Lutz family can confirm. And also the daughter um, did in fact have an imaginary friend named Jody, which is also a character that appeared in the film. But probably what's most controversial was the Warren family who investigated the property years after the Lutz family left. And there's a famous photo um, supposedly of a little boy, which is the ghost of John DeFeo. Uh, it's peeking around like this corner of a bedroom through like the stairwell railings and anyway it's this famous photo that everyone knows so highly recommend you do a bit more reading on all the paranormal happenings uh, that occurred at the time now after his conviction butch gave several varying accounts of how the killings were carried out in a 1986 interview for newsday Butch claimed his sister Dawn killed their father and then their distraught mother killed all of his siblings, apparently with a rifle before he killed his mother. He stated that he took the blame because he was afraid to say anything negative about his mother to her father, Michael Brigante Sr., and his father's uncle out of fear that they would kill him. His father's uncle was Peter DeFeo, a part of the Gene Genovese crime family. So Ooh. there was a They're the big legitimate dogs. fear. Yeah. yeah. Now, in this interview, Butch also asserted he was married at the time of the murders to a woman named Geraldine Gates, with whom he was living in New Jersey, and that his mother phoned to ask him to return to Amityville to break up a fight between Dawn and their father. Subsequently, he drove to Amityville with Geraldine's brother, Richard Romando, who was with him at the time of the murders and could verify his story completely. Interesting. That's, yeah, there's too much happening. There's too many conflicting tales. In 1990, Butch filed a 440 motion, a proceeding to have his conviction vacated. In support of his motion, Butch asserted that Dawn and an unknown assailant who fled the house before he could get a good look at him, killed their parents and Dawn subsequently killed their siblings. He said the only person he killed was Dawn and that it was by accident as they struggled over the rifle. Mm. Again, he asserted he was married to Geraldine and that her brother was with him at the time of the murders. An affidavit from Richard Romando was submitted to the court and it was asserted he could not be located to testify in person. Evidence was submitted to the court by the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office suggesting that Richard Romando did not exist and that Geraldine Gates was living in upstate New York, married to someone else at the time of the murders. Right. So that's just so, made up as well. We just don't know what's going on, folks. Oh. This is too confusing. Now, Geraldine Gates did not testify at this hearing because the authorities had already confronted her about the false claims back in 1992 and secured a statement under oath where she admitted that Roman Doe was fictitious and that she did not actually marry Butch until 1989 in anticipation of the filing of the 440 motion. Oh. It was all a ploy. It was a plan. Yep. So, Judge Stark denied the motion, obviously, writing, I find the testimony of the defendant overall to be false and fabricated. 
His testimony that during the fall of 1974, he was married and lived with his wife and child at Long Branch, New Jersey is incredibly, is incredible and not worthy of belief. He produced no corroborating evidence in this regard. And another reason for my disbelief of defendant's testimony is demonstrated by consideration of several portions of the trial testimony. He signed a lengthy written statement describing in detail his activities. And in this statement, he said that he lived with his family at 112 Ocean Avenue in Amateurville and that he worked for his father, that he usually went to and from work with his father, that he was ill and stayed home from work on November 12th, 1974, and that he was on probation for having stolen an outboard engine and even had an appointment to see his probation officer in Amityville on that very afternoon. Oh. Even the defendant's girlfriend, the real one, Mindy Weiss, testified that she began dating the defendant in June 1974 and was with him frequently that summer and fall. Stark further declared that the defendant's testimony that he did not shoot and kill the members of his family is likewise incredible and not worthy of belief. I think he did do it, though. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, that would be my, that's me coming in as a lawyer. Yeah, I think he did it. <laughs> What's now, the vibe? Is the vibe off? <laughs> I'm just not buying it. No. Nah. It's a very Amber Heard vibe. <laughs> it is. There's a, there is a big Amber Heard feeling about this one. Now, on November 30th, 2000, um, which, by the way, I'm not going to comment on Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. I think the whole thing was just ridiculous on all sides. But anyway, not playing down anything. <clears throat> <laughs> just got to protect myself there. That's a whole other episode. Because <laughs> someone's going to fucking sue me. Now, <laughs> on November 30th, year 2000, Butch met with Rick Asuna, the author of The Night the DeFeos Died, which was published in 2002. Now, according to Asuna, they spoke for about six hours. However, in a letter to the radio show host Lou Gentile, Butch denied giving Rick Asuna information that could be used in his book, claiming that he immediately left the interview and did not speak to Asuna about anything substantive. Look, Butch, we can't trust you, so who knows what's going on. But according to Asuna... Butch claimed that he had committed the murders with his sister Dawn and two friends, Augie De Janeiro and Bobby Kelsky. He's just roping in everybody. He's just like, um, oh, hang on, it was this person. No, it was this person. That was me mom. Now it's me sis. Now it's me sister, me friends. It's me friends. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. He said it was out of desperation because his parents had plotted to kill him. Okay. Now, allegedly, Butch claimed that after a furious row with his father, he and his sister planned to kill their parents and that Dawn murdered the children in order to eliminate them as witnesses. He said that he was enraged on discovering his sister's actions, knocked her unconscious onto her bed and shot her in the head. Police found traces of unburned gunpowder on Dawn's nightgown which Butch proponents allege proves she discharged a firearm. Right. However, at the trial, the ballistics expert, Alfred Della Pena, testified that unburned gunpowder is discharged through the muzzle of a weapon, indicating that she was in proximity to the muzzle of the weapon when it was discharged, 
and not that she had fired the weapon itself. Okay. He reiterated this on an A&E Amateurville documentary that is extensively discussed in Will Save's Mentally Ill in Amityville. Save had an expert evaluate Delapene's assessment and the expert confirmed that he was correct. Moreover, the medical examiner found nothing to indicate that Dawn had been in a struggle. The bullet wound was, on the, on, was the only fresh mark on her body. So not pinning it on dear old Dawn is not... It's not working out for you, Butch. Not, not flying. Now, Joe Nickel notes that given the frequency with which Butch has changed his story over the years, any new claims from him regarding the events that took place on the night of the murders should be approached with absolute caution. Most of the claims made in Rikasuna's book are sourced to Butch's ex-wife, Geraldine Gates. She's not very trustworthy. Yep. And while in 1986 interview with Newsday, she asserted she married Butch in 74. In Asuna's book, she alleges they are married in 1970. And there's a divorce in 1993. Uh, the case says that they met actually in 1985 and married oh. in 1989. So it's all just a mishmash, folks, of inconsistencies. Now, Rick Asuna's book was adapted into a docudrama titled Shattered Hopes, the true story of the Amityville murders, which I just find it so frustrating that these things get picked up and made and they're clearly based off of inconsistencies and yeah. whatever. And before you know it, there's a fucking movie made out of it and someone's making millions of dollars off of it. Mm-hmm. Now, that film was released on December 16th, 2011. It was written and directed and produced by Ryan Katzenbach and featuring narration by veteran actor Ed Asner. It examines all aspects of the Amityville case with a strong focus on the Butch family and the events surrounding their murders. <clears throat> now, DeFeo's death, Butch's death. He quotes is quoted saying, I guess the Amityville horror really is supposed to be me, he once said, because I'm the one that got convicted of killing my family. I'm the only one who they say who did it. I'm the one that's supposed to be possessed by the devil. Now, Butch died age 69 on March 12th, 2021. Ooh, okay. At the Albany Medical Center, and the official cause of death has never been released to the public. It was the devil. Now, there's all these other long-standing claims and things from him that he was possessed, that he was being visited in the night. He w woke up in sweats. And I think there's also a story about a dog was, like, talking to him, like a possessed dog was talking yeah. to him. You know, it's it that might... usual schizophrenia sort of. Yeah. Do you think it's got anything to do with the amphetamines and the booze maybe as well? Yeah. Maybe that's got a bit of a something to do with it. But the reason why I picked this story is because of the like the possession and because of the Lutz family and their account yeah. of those 28 days. And it was so detailed and, and so realistic and it wasn't sold as like a a thing you know how other you know we've, we've talked about other you know supposed accounts of possession and things like that you know they're all over the joint this wasn't done in the same sort of like here here's my story give us attention attention type thing it was very sudden and very freaky okay and swept under the rug a little bit more mm. oh 
So, Kate, that is my very, very quick Amityville Truth 101. There's so much more to the story, but I just, there's no time. There's um, no, no, we don't. We've got to go on holidays. We've got to have a time. <laughs> but I have learned, and that I thank you for. Because again, okay. I don't know anything about anything that's scary. So why we're doing this podcast together is, I mean, it's becoming more apparent. I need to learn and I'm loving this. I just think it's so good, especially because a lot of our introduction is through film, television, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. It's just really important to go back and hear the real truth, like the real cases and the real stories behind it. Definitely. Um, because then when you go and watch it, you can, I don't know, it's just a little bit more real. It gives you a bit more of a background. Mm. Yay! I love that. Thank you so much for sharing your tale. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I hope that people uh, jump onto our socials and to our Patreons. Uh, and I also hope that everybody is having a good festy season and that they are safe and well and having a great time. Exactly. Welcome to 2023, folks. It's fantastic so far. Um, <laughs> We're loving got, it. Yeah. We've got so much <laughs> planned for the new year. So, um, yeah, buckle up. Folks. Get involved. Remember to wipe, flush and wash your hands. Yep. Do all of those things. All right, listeners, I was just about to say readers. I mean, if you're reading this, cool. But if you're listening, (laughs) we love you and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Bye. I'm the devil. That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.